Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep, a podcast about movies and friendship. This is season five, Kevin Bacon's Exquisite Corpse, entering our final two months. We're just four creepy forest spirits playing a very long movie-watching game. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording as I always do, as I often do, at least from North Koreatown in Los Angeles, and I am joined by an excellent, if somewhat spooky panel. First up, he's at Anthony Lopez, part two on Twitter. He's in Southeast Portland. Uh, he's the nameless god of rage and I uh, and hate, and I bow before him. It's Anthony Lopez. Life is suffering. It is hard. The world is cursed. But we got to find a reason to keep podcasting. <laughs> we did. Oh, man, <laughs> this is an existential movie. There is This is like True Detective season one level of people <laughs> hey, just bummed about everything. That's how we Wait, measure. Is, is, this, is there something going on in Princess Mononoke? I never really got anything from it. I thought it was a pretty <laughs> simple, a fun it's just a fun clean ride, that's all. little story. I don't yeah. think there's any themes or messages or anything couple, going on I think there's, there's two themes. Um, one is that uh, everything is bad and, and terrible and it only gets worse. And the other one is Love a Wolf Girl. I, I think it's just the world is goopy. That's what I got from this. Yeah. There is a goopiness to it. is goopy. The main lesson is don't pit iron balls forcefully in gods very fast. I do, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of lessons to take away, and one of them Unless that's is like, don't shoot a god. Yeah. It, <laughs> Never shoot a god, yeah. yeah do not shoot a god. But also, I, is Princess Mononoke a manic pixie dream girl? I mean, anyway, we'll come back. Does she shake him out of his reverence? Okay. Anyway, I'm your host. I already did that one. Who else is here? Oh, also, <laughs> he's the co-host of the Old Gamers Almanac podcast. He's from the woods of Brooklyn, and uh, our, our laws forbid us from watching you enter. So whatever happens from now on, you're dead to us. Uh, it's yeah. Hunter Donaldson. Hey, what's up? Um, you you are listening to the English dub of this podcast, but I like it in the original Japanese, personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best part is that we we wrote it in Japanese, but then Neil Gaiman put it into English. That's yeah, good. exactly. And they yeah, added that's nice. all, he did that for us. They added all these weird voiceovers explaining context that people might not get otherwise, you know? Absolutely. Oh, uh, also, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see our mouth movement doesn't quite fit what we're saying. Of course. I mean, um, how could it? People actually have criticized that, so I, I guess that's <laughs> another reason why. <laughs> I'm trying to do some post-work to fix it, but anyway, uh, joining us from Northern California, rounding up the panel today, he's a brainless, life-sucking god of death, and at sunrise, he'll vanish like a bad dream. It's Ezra Fox. Hell yeah. Yo, where's where's my head, dude? Dude, dude, where's my head? <laughs> Did you put my head in a box again? <laughs> where's, where's, <laughs> they could have just gone... I don't take a lot more just like God tries to find his head as like it rolls down the hill and other... I, I think you could have gotten a, another sequel just out of that. This is a, this is a classic like uh, uh, monster chase. It doesn't see his head because the, the eyes yeah. are on the head and he's like feeling around the forest blindly yeah. bumping into stuff. I recently saw this in Hocus Pocus uh, again and, and still good. Yeah. Every time. Uh, before we start the show, I want to thank all of our meat buddies, but especially the ones who canceled in 2018 and are recently back. <laughs> if you'd like to join them and reminisce on how it felt to donate to us in the past and keep the show limping down the tracks, you can go to metreon.com and we really appreciate everybody who supports the show now and in the past. Um, first up, it's segment one, the news. A couple of crucial news items first. Ezra, let's check in with the donut news. So, guys, uh, did you know that the sweetest way to celebrate Dia de los Muertos is with a dozen glazed mm -hmm. donuts? But, I, whoa. yeah, here's the thing. So, so this seems like a cool-looking uh, skull-based holiday from what I can yeah. see. Yes. Uh, there's flowers also. 
But oddly enough, it's not important enough to Krispy Kreme to actually do anything different for their donuts. So these are just the basic donuts. We had a whole lot Wait, going so, on before. Okay, so, oh, man. Okay, so for Halloween, they mm-hmm. made separate donuts. But for Dia de los Muertos, they were like, just have a regular-ass just donut. Donuts. Not even, they didn't bother anything, but it's just the basic circle donuts. So, they didn't even put like an orange flower on the donut or something. Yeah, so I think I've learned that, that Krispy Kreme thinks that this is not nearly as important as Halloween. Slightly racist, Krispy Kreme. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, all right, that's the donut I mean, news. Oh, I, I, I did get I an email from... There's a, there's a very thin line between it being racist and then if they do uh, just a little bit too much, it becomes extra racist. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, this is a this tough holiday, one. They have a whole this, corporate this, team. They should have yeah. a corporate not being racist team at every large company. Just run the ideas by them. Yeah, no, they crunched the numbers. They looked at the data and they decided <laughs> to play it safe this year. You know, we will uh, take them. Just, just the basic donuts. This is this is the, this is the middle path. We feel okay that we don't get too much flack from this. All right. Yeah. So the donut. second thing I want to talk about in the news. Um, this is a surprise to Hunter and Anthony, but not to Ezra. Um, this is a video game segment. Are you guys ready for a video oh. game segment? Whoa! Yeah. What? How? Zelda's ruining my life, and I need your help. Yes. Oh, Let so, it destroy yeah. you. So to catch people up from okay, so I am not a big video game player, although I did, you know, I think the last well, the last system I had was in a 64. And before that I definitely had a Game Boy Color. And I definitely played Ocarina of Time and I played a lot of Mario mm-hmm. 64. Those are two games in my past, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So my sister and I decided to split. We talked about for a while about splitting a switch where um the screen is between us, and then she has a blue controller. And I have a red. No. Um, we we just pass it. We we trade it back and forth, and uh, so we I I did most of Mario, and then she finished it, and then I finished it, and I was it's the Switch is living with me currently, and I was bored, and I asked you guys what is the one next game to buy, and you guys all agreed it's Zelda Breath of the Wild, and I know this is not current. You've had five years to hear about this, but I it's new to me, and you're gonna you guys are gonna goddamn listen to me talk about it. <laughs> But the main, well, the main problem is that it is ruining my life, which is that, and this is why I don't have video games all the time. And mm-hmm. I guess my question to you guys is, how do you have video games in your life and also get anything done? Because what I have found is that, you know, if I gather all the the cuckas in the village and give them back to the angry man or sad man, and I yeah. get 50 rupees for it, that triggers the same feeling of accomplishment mm-hmm. as doing my work. It's the yeah. same brain chemical. And one of those two things is way easier and more fun. Yeah. And so the day can go by. And I wouldn't even say like, the, <laughs> I was explaining what I've been doing to my wife. And she was like, is there nothing pressing in this universe? Because I do not feel like I am. I know there's a growing evil and I am mostly ignored. I feel like I'm mostly like I'm cooking. I'm doing a lot of apple picking. Yeah, yeah. I'm sautéing a lot of of fruit with spices. Yeah. I feel like I'm opening a farm to table restaurant in Zelda. Yeah. I am not even stopping evil, but I'm just like so pleased with myself mixing up my apples. I got a horse buddy now. I yeah, give yeah. him some apples. It's yeah, so wonderful and I feel so accomplished and I have done nothing for 4 days. Uh well, I mean a couple of things. One I will say like uh, you know, Link was asleep for like 100 years. Right. And so like anything they really need him to do, you know, they can wait for, right? They're like, Oh, I hope I hope this was so like your point. If Jesus ever comes back, for example, right, I bet he's gonna be going to Noma and and hanging out for a bit, right? He's not gonna be just you know just he's not just gonna be you know crushing evil right away. He's like, Let me live a little here. 
I am. I do imagine that once you wake up your person from a hundred years ago, you're like, "Hey, man, we got." I like we've been waiting a hundred years, so we're gonna have to ask. I know it's weird you just woke up, but I'm gonna need you to hustle a little bit. We don't have a lot of time left. It's not what they I, did with Encino I, Man. They let him chill. Yeah, yeah they did let him chill. <laughs> That's right. And what is Zelda if not Encino Man, the video game? <laughs> it's the same yeah. premise. Okay, same premise. Yeah, yeah, basically, same premise. Yeah. That and the uh, and the Bible are all the same premise. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, wait, I what's the problem? You have to I don't, have. What is the problem? Yeah. You gotta, I've done no work for four days. Yeah, right. you know, my, real life, my, my real life is falling apart. Are yeah. you sure this is the real life? Because this one, the colors aren't as bright in this one. Yeah. <laughs> I just like I have so many emails I have not responded to because I'm too busy feeding imaginary apples to a fake horse. And I just don't know that that's well, good for my life. I don't understand how you put email? it down. How do you stop playing? Um. Well, you know, one, you know, most people have like, like like a real job they have to go to. Alex, I've known you for a long time. I have no idea what you do or where you make money. Well, this from. is, yeah, this is a great point. point. And actually, um, Anthony, I was I was thinking about this ahead of time. You you have a different experience. I almost want. I mean, like you have a ton of experience with with the video games, but Hunter and Ezra are both freelancers. You can't play video games at work, I assume. But both of them have the ability to just fuck off and let their careers fall apart because they're playing video games. And so I'm curious. Like Hunter, how do you, Ezra? You have real work and a family to support. Hunter, you're uh-huh. my guy. Yeah, right. We are just like, we could just fail. Yeah. How yeah. do you have video games and not let your uh, creative powers fall to shit? Well, this is why I made playing video games part of my job. That was a good move. Yeah. Whatever uh, I play games so, now, it yeah, actually that's, is. That's smart, and that's something. actually what I was complaining to Ezra about this yesterday on the phone, and he was like, "Well, if you bring it up on the podcast, now it was work." <laughs> So yeah, that yeah. did help a little bit, for sure. Is I got a news segment out of it, but I think I think Alex, your issue might be that if you're just cooking all the time and just kind of making up, you know, feeding your horse, etc. Yeah, you know, the game is designed to kind of tell you to put it down at times, uh, but you kind of got to pursue, mm. you know, like like games are made of loops. You know, yeah. you, you do something for a little while and then it's done, and then you would do the next thing. When that next thing would start also sort of the game saying maybe this is a good time to put it down you know do the mm. next loop tomorrow but that's the problem with games like animal crossing and like stardew valley and it sounds like the way you're playing this game <laughs> is that it doesn't ever tell you to stop playing it in fact it's like you can just keep doing this forever which is a problem i have with this genre it does yeah. it does occur to me that i have more food than i will possibly be able to eat in the rest of this game i have yeah. so because i maybe eaten... you solved that food problem now <laughs> yeah, you you have have the, the other aspect you got your hierarchy of needs Right, right. You right. got food. You, you got stay clothes. around the bottom the whole time. Yeah. Never defeat Ganon and, and like reach fulfillment. Always eat, eat apples. That's Alex's <laughs> base pyramid. Strong core. Well, but then they'll give me a new mushroom, and I'll be like, "What does that taste like?" With that, <laughs> I just got. I actually just got to a part of the game where they introduced dairy, so I've been basically oh, yeah. vegan up uh, to this point uh, with just oh, like Lord. mushrooms and apples. And all of a sudden, I got goat butter. The whole world is open up. Somebody told me I met, met someone on the trail, and they were like, "Did you know you can make a pie?" It never occurred to me <laughs> I could make a pie. <laughs> I like to make the shit out of a pie. Yeah, they all have reasons, though. If you have an actual problem in the world you're trying to solve, these are helpful foods. Otherwise, you're just like you're just you're just eating. You're just eating for you're not even eating enough. Yeah. It does nothing. What do you well, even this, need to eat all this food for? This Alex? is another thing. So I, I finished I finished Mario, and Mario and Zelda are like very similar. I feel like in a structural element, mm-hmm. and then but then in the but the 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 
the the the vibe is much more realistic in Zelda. And so in Mario, if a you know if this like desert creature is like, have you seen my sheep? I'll be like, not now. Uh, I got shit to do. But in Zelda, if I agree to talk to someone on the trail and they're like, my cuckoos are missing. You need to find seven. I'm like, well, I did. I did say I would do this. Like the idea of leaving town and not getting him his chickens back it just never occurs to me. Because right. I like, I feel obligation to these people because well, they seem so nice. Actually, I gotta say, you have to sort of balance. You know, like you don't want to get too lost in the weeds on stuff because if you actually do like the story stuff, you get items that will help you more efficiently get those birds later and stuff That's like true. that you know what mm-hmm. i mean wait what item so, could i get that would help me gather chickens better oh there's all types of items you can get things that get <laughs> you up higher way faster things oh, that yeah, help yeah. with you know combat if you're surrounded by bad guys or yeah, you yeah. know there's a lot of I great did, abilities. I have been putting everything into speed i like the thing that drives me crazy is when i have to walk so i'm like give me more stamina so i can just be run the whole time because mario yeah. will run oh. forever you can whistle run if you want. If you hold down the whistling uh-huh. uh, thing, you run faster than uh, than regular walking. Oh, so it's like a medium speed yeah, that you don't and you, get and tired? you recharge your, your stamina while you're doing it. So you yeah. can, but you, you have can to listen to the whistling the, the whole time. Do the DLC and get yourself a badass motorcycle. That's you can pretty sweet. get a sweet. motorcycle, yeah. I'm motorcycle in the motorcycle. Why not just skateboard around? I, I do have two horses that I'm very pleased with. I do have uh, Sylvester Stallion, and then I have Al Palouse. And those two are my mm. trusty steeds, and I they spend you, a lot of time because we can move faster. Have you gone snowboarding yet? N- see, no. What do I get? I get to <laughs> snowboard too. Do I have to well, DLC for that too, or no, I no, sandboard? You can snowboard at any time. If you have a shield, oh, you, you sit on your shield. Air, you th- you can jump in the air, put your shield under your feet, and then snowboard down or like oh skate God. down any hill. It's like so the worst part perfect. of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, was it Gimli who did who did the shield snowboarding? Yeah, Gimli, Lord- the little elf Gimli. guy, the little dwarf yeah, guy, definitely little- scooting down. No, it was it was Legolas. It was Legolas. Yeah. Anyway, silliest part. Okay, okay. So so I have to keep the loops. I have to finish a loop and consider that a break time. I think that yeah. is that's pretty good advice. The problem is then I can still be like it sits there. So what I, the one thing I've done is it once I put it down, it still calls to me. Uh-huh. Like an oh, ocarina well, of time, but I thought so. What I've done is, instead of leaving it on my nightstand to charge, I charge it right next to my wife's workstation, so that if I do pick it up in the genius. middle of the day, she's not holding it. She's not my mom. But if I want to play it, I do have to look her in the eyes right. in the middle of the day while she's in a work meeting and take the switch, and that is emotionally very trying for me. Yeah. You know, can I um, also suggest maybe like. Maybe like in, enjoy this time. You're like really into the game. You're not gonna be this yeah. passion you have is not gonna be here a few weeks from now. It ends. Yeah. You lose yeah. like a week to having a really good time with the game. Just think of how much more efficient your other work will be when you get back to it because you have so much more to do. Right? You you'll be able to like balance it out. Like enjoy That's the interesting. fact that you're enjoying something. Have a good time with it. It's a very big game. You're not going to beat it in a day. It's going to take you a while. But right. like, if you put a lot of lot into it, like the, over the next few days, that's cool. It's fine. You'll come back to it's it. Like a, it. Yeah, it has vacation aspects to it. Yeah. Um, a big, big game like that. And the other thing that's great is that Alex, when you're done with it, it's not like there's because you're. I mean, you just got done playing Mario Odyssey. 
and then now you're playing Breath of the Wild. And once you finish that, don't worry, there's not like another game as big and as good as those games for you to play next. Like you're yeah. going to be done as okay. far as you're concerned. You well, know? Yeah, I think if I once I get to a certain point in this, if I defeat evil or if I successfully eat all of the apples in this land and I de-apple <laughs> the entire, I ruin the orchard, I, I salt the earth with rock salt that I mined. I'm also really into mining now. Yeah, um, yeah, but once hard. I get all that, Maybe, maybe at that point I just give the switch back to my just sister. Take it, and my time oh is my God. done. Wait, wait. You are basically like like the um, like the ruler of like uh, Iron Town, who's just stripping the land of all its like natural like beauty. Oh, exactly. that's such a good that's segue. I am Mini Driver. Okay, and let's talk about that instead. That's the uh, that's segment two of the news. Let's get into our main segment. I'm really surprised that's what the news was. I did not expect. I didn't mean to. Sorry. I did, by the way, I did not mean to minimize your uh, input there. I was just the fact that you do have a job. I think actually it, it, it gives you some guardrails. And that's one of the problems is that I've been driving without guardrails for my for the last 10 years. And so my productivity is like my one asset. It's my one. My ability to actually work when I have nothing to do is like my one thing that's kept me from going broke. So um, anyway, but your, your your point of just like maybe going on vacation for a bit and feeling it and then coming back is a is a very good one. But I, I'm sorry if it seemed like I was not uh, as valuing your opinion. All right, let's talk about the game now. Not the game, the game. So this, as you know, for season uh, five of Read and Weep, we are, yeah, season five, um, we are playing a year-long movie watching game where we move via one actor in common between two movies, just like a classic uh, Kevin Bacon game. And we try to steer it towards movies we've pre-selected. This week, we watched Princess Mononoke, the 1997 Japanese animated epic historical fantasy film written and directed by Miyazaki and animated by Studio Ghibli. Um, we watched, I watched at least the English dub, uh, the Disney dub that was rewritten by Neil Gaiman and starring Claire Danes, Billy Bob Thornton, Minnie Driver, Jada Pinkett Smith, and most importantly for today, Billy Crudup who was also in High Low Country with Patricia Arquette, who was in Lost Highway, because I had a card that let me move to Kevin Bacon's to get here. Um, If you guys want to watch along this week, Princess Mononoke is on HBO Max as of this recording. And I chose this because this was my movie. This was my points movie. And I chose it for a points movie because I've seen a couple of the other uh, Ghiblis and I've liked them all a, a great deal. Although I watched Spirited Away first and none of them has lived up to Spirited Away yet. Oh, that's not my favorite. It's not your favorite? Which one's your favorite? Um, I think it's probably uh, Howl. Howl's Moving uh, Castle. Interesting. I, See, I, I like a, Howl. Yeah. Well, I mean, have you seen like Kiki's Delivery Service? Or That's My Name Totoro. 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 I've seen or I saw Totoro. I didn't think Totoro, Totoro was good. I, I, I like these movies, um, but I, they're just not... I, they didn't, maybe it was just because it was the first Miyazaki mm. I'd seen, mm-hmm. so the tricks were fresh. Yeah. But I still would rather go back and watch Spirit Away than any of those other ones again. I mean, yeah, I liked Hell and I like Totoro. Totoro has got Totoro himself, one of the best characters ever. There's designed. a lot of adorable, adorable characters in this one, in that one. I mean, that's true. This is the like, I actually feel like with some of these, the stories are just a little weaker. Um, but boy, can this guy design the shit out of a character? Like, I don't, there's nobody who I'd rather, if, if someone had to draw a creature for me, I would like it to be Studio Ghibli. If that's. It, it, like yeah, if everyone was like, you get one critter drawn in your grave, make it, make it the Miyazaki team, because man, they draw some creatures. Holy cow! 
really delightful. Yeah, it's um, good creatures. Pig yeah, covered in worms that moves like a spider. Like nothing uh-huh. like that has ever uh-huh. nothing yeah. has this ever delighted is, this me. This is as a much. weird one for the Ghibli verse, I guess, because like this is the least cute creatures I think we have in it. Really, we oh, have yeah. like we have like the, well, the sort of the bobblehead spirits, uh, but I'm, other than that. Unless yeah. you and for get me, for me, it's the most beheadings like, of any uh, oh, animated film I've ever seen. Yeah, a lot yeah of blood. it's most like adult and sort of epic one. But I mean, you know, you have like, you know, fireflies, um, which is like if you want to get into like no fun creatures at all. It's in a Ghibli movie. It's one of hmm. like the most depressing animated movies ever made. You're um, talking about hmm. Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. But yeah, like, that movie's sad. Uh, you'll uh, cry that one. Yeah, that that's not that a Miyazaki one. That's just a different from the same studio. Mm-hmm. So I'm a oh, different okay. animator there. Um, oh, yeah, you shouldn't be showing a kid that one. Uh-uh. Kids <laughs> yeah. in that. Ruin um, their life. Ruin their whole life yeah, with that one. Ruin that. their okay. whole life. A big part of like you know, sort of that I think like Studio Ghibli kind of gets lost. Like, kind of gets lost, in, especially in the West, is people sort of thinking like they only make you know. Like the like the Ponyos and the My Neighbor Totoros and the Kiki's Delivery Service, but they like they have a very diverse catalog of movies, and you know, in very much in that same way of like, you know, animation is not a genre; it's a medium. Right. They they make yeah. movies in all mm-hmm. different types of genres. You know, something yeah. like The Wind Rises is a very mature, you know, retelling of the guy who invented planes that were used in Japan during World War Two, and it's like they they they're all over the place in terms of like the films that they wanted, especially Miyazaki in terms of like the stuff he wants to cover and the movies he wants to tell and the way he wants to tell his stories, you know, which is something yeah. that I, every time I rewatch his movies, especially something like this, which is, it's so good and really gets into like what I love about Miyazaki as a storyteller and as a artist is the way I think like the thing you sort of said about his stories being a little bit weaker with some of other things. I think that's like, I don't read them as weaker. I read them as like they're so incredibly complex for what is supposed to be like an all ages children's story. Yeah. Like this is a fantasy epic, but it is like it's one of the only fantasy epics I've ever seen. And like one of the things that goes through all Miyazaki movies is that he never has bad guys, he never has villains in his work. Everyone yeah. is always good and mm-hmm. bad. Everyone has a valid point of view. No one is there is no bad guy that you're going to defeat. And the evil goes away and everything is good. That's not what his movies mm. are about. He makes these movies right. that are incredibly complex and dense and can be read through. Obviously, with this one, like a very strong environmental message. But there's also like really interesting oh. social. You're just getting the environmental message. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I was missing that part. Oh, yeah, I didn't get that at all. Um, yeah, I thought th- I thought this whole thing was about pigs. But yeah, it's about the forest. Yeah. And the, yeah, OK. I yeah, see it's it about now. where the piggies yeah, live. Yeah. About where the, pi- the but pig we also house. live there. That's the yeah. issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. we both live in the pig house. That's kind of <laughs> the whole deal. We all live in the pig house. That's <laughs> that's what life is. Well, let me summarize. This, this is these are good. This is a good point. Anthony. Let me go through for people who have not seen this movie. Let me summarize. Uh, let me su- summarize Princess Mononoke from 1997 for you in my patented five point micro summary of the film. A little archer boy shoots a giant pig covered in worms, and all little he got Ocho was this prince. loud. This yeah, little loud... Ocho prince. He's not a Ooh. little boy at all, actually. You see he's... the way he walks with yeah, his he's arms a young man, but his he's like out. <laughs> he's like eight. He's like a. He's, he's not a hard eight. eight. Are you a lot of people. All right. He's an adult. Well, he's like a like. Yes, he's a young man, but he's not a child. He's maybe fourteen. He's like a rough fourteen. He's not... 
14, but for, at a time in the world for, where like, that took some years. Yeah. All right. All right. When you lived to 35, he was 14. All right, fine, fine, fine. Um, so anyway, he shoots this giant pig covered worm. supposed to be 17. And all he gets is this lousy cursed arm. Um, and boy, does it inconvenience him. So it's slowly killing him, the cursed arm, where it touched the pig worms. And uh, also, it's, it dishonors him for saving the town. And so they make him get a haircut and leave forever. And, uh, you know, he cuts his own hair, which is like a you know, a warning sign for his mental health, but they don't do anything about it. They just kick him out, tell him not to come back ever again. Uh, it's harsh. It's a, it's real harsh. Um, so he goes on a journey down the road, meets some people, some creatures, and eventually ends up in Iron Town, which is a city that makes guns and is run by a mean looking lady. And you're like, wow, she's the baddie for sure. But then just like Anthony said, uh, she's not just some villain with a tattoo that says, I run Iron Town. She's uh, uh, actually a really nice woman who helps uh other women escape brothels and for the record, lepers. She, she seems like a pretty nice woman from the get-go in my yeah. opinion well, no, when you, like, the, the, you're like oh i'm here to see the villain and then she shows up in that the cut of her and the in the mask and like she looks it's, it's short it's brief look, okay. anyway you know, alex okay. hasoville get woke go bro kind of mentality when he sees a strong <laughs> female character and stuff he's just like she's got to be the villain she's the bad guy I here appreciate oh. that you guys are making fun of me but for people who have not seen this movie i'm right and they're wrong so uh, <laughs> this is intentionally what you're supposed to feel when you first see her and then you and then it turns out no she's actually like helping uh the less fortunate um by employing them in a very possibly the most healthy work environment ever put on film um yeah, except that's used to make guns that are specifically with the purpose of killing gods. Not everyone's perfect, all right? It's still pretty <laughs> well, good. It, it's the guns are being made because they're constantly being attacked by other armies, so they're there to defend and themselves. By wolves. And they're trying yeah. to they, they wolf get, gods. Isn't the yeah, first thing with with her is like the wolf attack and i'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be rooting for the wolves at that by the way i know I which mean, is weird because i also feel like we are supposed to a little bit root for the wolves i mean she's shooting wolves and like wolves are good wolves make the whole ecosystem like haven't you seen giant that giant wolf monsters with two tails they're well, not this, i don't think you're supposed to be like they're chill obviously. i feel like okay so my reading of that is that that's people treating <laughs> wolves like the kids in sandlot treat the dog next door where they're like, oh. uh, every time you put a ball over there, it gets eaten. But wolves, they are scary seeming, but wolves make the whole... Haven't you seen that video where we reintroduced wolves into the that national park and then like all of a sudden everything got better? The trees are better, the waterfalls are better. Like, oh my God. Wolves are the key. They're the cornerstone we, of an ecosystem. Please do like a home makeover thing where it's just reintroducing wolves into people's houses and seeing if <laughs> It will work. They're, I, this we'll is a keystone over. species. I'm not yeah. making this up. And, this is yeah, real. And again, Alex, you know, he's, he's really into alpha and beta culture, and that comes <laughs> yeah, from wolves. Okay. So, you recognize some just, alphas. Yeah, the second he saw them, he's like, these are my alphas. He's like, oh, sweet, the alphas here. I know whose side I'm on now. Sweet. So one of the issues, one of the issues with Good Boss, besides the fact that she hates canines, is that the one tiny issue is that she's engaged in a war against the gods of the forest because she wants to take their land and make more guns using the rocks underneath the forest and so she's trying her hardest to murder god and then the only thing trying to stop her is a feral child who ride wolves and drinks blood and uh yeah. she is the hot new disney princess yeah <laughs> princess mononoke covered in blood just wolf god blood head to toe and uh um yeah hot people love that so um Anyway, so the the cursed boy uh, he immediately develops a crush on Wolf Girl because they have How a lot in not? common. 
They both cut their own hair. She doesn't and, even um, ask to suck the blood out of her mother's womb. She just does it. She I just know does it. Yeah. Tough too. She just, just gets when, right to work. Yeah, that oh. is that is it's gross. Efficiency. It's real gross when she goes and squirt spits the blood out afterwards. Like she just she she treats it like mouthwash and then straight out. Oh, yikes! It's bold. What, what, it's bold wait, as hell, Alex. Wait. You're in that situation. What would you prefer would happen next in that moment before spinning it out? Like, what? what is your call? I am not. <laughs> Maybe I missed why she had to drink the wolf's neck blood. Shrivels <laughs> <laughs> out. Like, what, what is a better solution? Offer to some- swallow mm, it? Just all yummy. I want to do is turn away demurely and then vomit blood so I can't see it oh, on she camera. kind of like, yeah, politely just like. Pew. Yeah, nobody wants to watch you spit blood. Gross. Okay. Yeah, but we need to know, you know, she's like does is the problem. But let's just well, let's keep right, going. I don't want to hear about that. She's anyway, a wolf so, lady. She's literally she's a wolf lady. That's okay. the, the whole two thing. of them uh, get together to stop the military industrial complex from killing God. And they're not fast enough because uh, the bad good lady shoots God's head clean off and puts it in a box. She just <laughs> decapitates God and puts it in a box. And God cannot get it back because he doesn't, you know, his head's in a box. He's. It's very inconvenienced. Um, so the, in the, the box. <laughs> the wild children uh, convince uh, the lady to uh, let God out of his head out of a box, and then God blows up, and then the cursed boy uh, is like, "Hey, you guys can't kill God," and so maybe the whole thing didn't matter anyway because you can't just kill God; he is everything, and that's the movie. Well, it's a yeah. God. Well, yeah. the I mean, God. It, it, they I also mean, kind it, of right. That's true. That he's kind of sacrificed his whole body for it. But then he comes back. Well, I right. mean, it's like you can't kill him because, you know, it's like it's it's, uh, it's 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 nature. Come on. It's nature. It's nature. <laughs> nature lives. So that, so that's that's the movie. That's the main. That's the thrust of it. Um, It does it's have a good fucking movie, man. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good it, movie. And so incredible looking. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's I, like so I, I love animation. That's one of the reasons why I picked this and why I've been enjoying going to the Julie catalog because I love animation and I love when it's different i like that it's not disney animation and as much as i disliked her drinking wolf blood and then spitting it into a little fountain like we're hanging out at the pool um uh people cool. shouldn't do that i i, I agree cool. that people should not do that at the pool because that's not that goes back back into the in the pool people shouldn't do that don't do that right well, right also, that they they pick chemicals in the pool so that when you spit blood in them it like shows up but it's like <laughs> it's blood it's very obvious when it's in the pool you don't need to add like, extra well, chemicals we'll just yeah it's so here? cool looking i think the main thing about this movie to me the main takeaway from this movie is what anthony was saying beforehand which is that the villain is a nice lady the kid who saves the forest or saves the the town is cursed for it like he does what's seemingly good and it turns out to be bad the lady who's helping some people are hurting other people um they're like the complicatedness of this is really incredible um yeah. it's not the most satisfying to me in a story but it is incredible you see to me it's like i don't know especially as you know this came out in 1997 and mm-hmm. I, I think you know it's environmental message as we have continued to you know trash this pla- this planet like we don't give a shit about like the deposit or whatever we're driving you know? this planet like we um, rented it for sure yeah but this this like the theme sort of like one of the themes of this movie is like this idea that like no nature as like this this like caring nurturing thing that like you know has like this this plan and the sense of control the way that sort of like an illusion and something we like pit on it and you look at like 
the way as we trash this planet more the way nature like strikes back not in like a mean mean way or way that's like they can even control it is just like the the sort of the vileness and the evilness takes over and it just becomes this force of nature that destroys all of us right well or right, so, parts of it. But even that that feels like you know like a fern gully like don't wreck it this is bad but even that is it, the the environmental message is much more complicated. And I like even early on, I was like, OK, I get it. I've seen this movie where they hit you over the head with an environmental message. And it seems like every movie that has the environment in it is like, I'm going to beat you to death with the most obvious version of this idea. And in Miyazaki, killing the forest to dig up the wet, the iron to make guns is also lifting a lot of people out of poverty and saving them from like human trafficking. Like yeah. the, in the amount of benefit that you get from killing God is high. And that, and you can see from her point of view, why it feels like she has to kill God because she needs to keep this machine running. And the machine is supporting all of these sick people. Like it is, a, it is fascinatingly unclear uh, or complicated it's fascinatingly complicated environmental message right because it's it's an environmental story where the conflict is also environmental instead of it just being like i don't know it's not like star trek 4 where the enterprise crew is yeah they're gonna right. save some whales or whatever but that's not really what the story's about the what the story is about and what the point of it is the same thing yeah um, so it is as complicated as our own you know real life struggle uh, with the environment and yeah that's i think where a lot of movies like this kind of fib is they just kind of act right. like what's happening is we have no benefit uh to throwing trash wherever we please there's no upside to it we just do it because we're stupid yeah yeah exactly exactly that is the classic fib is like if we had just left oil in the ground everything would be great yeah yeah and the there are it's not like there are people who are I think there are people who are genuinely villains. And that's why I'm not a, as upset when a movie has a genuine villain, because there are definitely people who are bad for bad sake. Absolutely. Like, I see those people around, but people don't drive cars because it's fun to hurt the environment. Like there are clear uses that help people that maybe the sum of it is. Bad. And that's why that's why we've trashed the planet is because it's convenient in a small way all the time to do it. And the amount that it's bad is big and is spread out in his heart. Yeah. I mean, assess. I don't want to like roll coal constantly, but like, you know, I see a reason. <laughs> so, I so see there are some people like, <laughs> like there are people who do that, who are bad for the fun of being bad. But even still, like the, the thing about the rolling coal people is they get that short term benefit of being an asshole and laughing at each other's videos and going viral on the bad side of the internet. And the actual devastation to the environment is still spread out and slow and it's not a clear like i i tend i i sometimes get a little bit uh I, i'm a little bit fatalistic about the environmentalism what is this rolling coal thing i don't i don't know this it's, it's when people with big trucks see a yes. kid a kid on a bike and they drive up next to it and they rev the truck engine in such a way that it shoots out a cloud of black smoke onto yeah. the bike rider yeah yeah huh. yeah and they do it to go viral on the bad side of the internet. And a human human thing. And they call it rolling yeah. coal, which is hilarious, too, that they were like, it's not diesel, which is actually what's happening. Like, the thing they're doing is bad. And they're like, isn't this fun? It's like a worse thing. <laughs> we like it, It's cool because we make our thing like the other thing that's worse. Oh, it's hilarious. Anyway, um, 
I tend to get fatalistic about the environment because I it seems like the way the pro- if you were to structure a problem to make it so that humans can't solve it, this is what you'd do. Everything about the way the earth is getting broken feels like a perfectly constructed, unbeatable final boss for humanity's specific set of problems. Yeah. And I like this movie showing that mechanism a little bit. And I assume the way the movie, the out that this movie gives is sort of like, well, you can make guns, but less of them. Or you cannot, you don't have to kill the whole forest. You can like work with the wolves to figure out when they don't need the iron so you can make them into bullets or whatever. I assume that's the best, if to the I extent think, there is an outcome. I think, it, I think it very wisely is because if you think about where we're at in this conflict in real life, um, I would say we're at step point zero 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 two at this point as far as facing the problem doing anything about it i know there are things things happen all the time but like right. it, it feels that i'm just talking about feelings right now yeah, okay yeah. yeah i don't know anything i'm an right. idiot yeah um yeah. so i think wisely this movie is also just about getting these people to just begin to focus on this problem because the yeah. movie doesn't have answers for how to solve it it's more just saying like well, if we don't do anything about this, then uh, all of the environment will be trashed. Yeah, can, can we well, at least agree this is a problem? I guess that, that is that is one. Right. And the answer the humanity has given is no. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that's yeah, we're, we're still not at that. We're still not at the end of Princess Mononoke right. as a people, and yeah. that's where we need to get to. Is the end yeah. of this movie all together now? You know, like just well, if mean, we could just take a second, don't shoot God in the neck. Let's work on some other things. I and then everyone's like, hey, on the neck a no. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, might, might just do that a little bit. Listen, I got some people I got to take care of. It, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I got to get to work. And well, then I got to get easy. to work. I got, I got to clock in. I'd love to fix the environment, but I have this work that I have to do, shooting God in the throat. And that, I, I'm just going to go do that. I mean, we'll I, talk later. I like the idea that, look, he's not doing a good thing. But at least he's shooting the guy in the neck to get everything he wants, right? I feel like most people, you know, we're mostly just like, we're like kind of winging God for no like great yeah. gain on our part, right? I right. feel like that, that's kind of the issue. So you want, if you're going to shoot God, make sure you're prepared to get all the benefits. Make sure you get compensated accordingly. I think that's what yeah. I, I would hope at the, at the minimum. I right. do, but the, the, the get your Cardio up because you're gonna have to run <laughs> after you yeah, kill God. No matter and, what you plan out, there's gonna yeah. be a foot race at the end there of killing Cardio. <laughs> it always comes down to a foot race. Yeah, are you, are you curious to about kill God? This, this idea of killing these, and Anthony, you pointed out a God, not the God, but um, the, the idea of killing a God is still very unclear to me because he says you can't kill, kill him, but there's also a line where she says. Uh, he's a god, it'll take more than one shot. As if everyone already knows, there's a number of bullets it takes to kill god, and it's more than one, but it's less than infinity. And I don't know how many. Seems those right. Were, those were big cannonball-type bullets, so maybe the number now, you know, like the 9 millimeter, would be like lots and lots of shots, but I don't know. But it's, there's some equation of like how many bullets kill a god. I think this is a fair well, bet, though, right? That's like, if god is killable, it will take some number, but odds are it's not going to be one, right? So right. That's, that's, and, and a hat box. You need some number of bullets and a hat box to put the head in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, also, you know, a part of like this type of storytelling and like the universe that he's creating here is his idea of like, you know, the gods are diminishing naturally is like a yes. theme that runs through the work, right? Like, yeah, they start by saying like, this is back in the time of of the gods. And I do agree. Like if you go to Manhattan right now, this is not the time of the god. Like, 
it, no. it's just not gods running around. There's not spirits. The four, there's not a spirit of Fourth Avenue. You know, this is yeah, not happening. So yeah, the, you know, the boar god even says like, you know, if we are losing our ability to speak. Eventually, we would just be dumb game, right? And that's like mm-hmm. what happens, you know. And I, I, I think of sort of like one of like the the themes of that runs through all of Miyazaki's work is like his like his like interest in observing humanity and people. And if like people, like if we can at least think of everyone as people on both sides and understand like the humanity to like an issue like this, right. Even like, you know, the princess Mononoke character herself is this, this girl who's been raised by wolves and like absolutely refuses to acknowledge that she is a human, right. She like Mm. refuses to see that wants nothing to do with humans, wants nothing to do with this. And like the people on there on on you know Iron Town are sort of like the opposite. They see their problems. They see like we are getting attacked by other humans constantly. So we're not going to think of like the cost of what we're taking. But you know, like these gods will eventually lose their ability to speak. They will lose their ability to take care of themselves. And then like if we're if we're not like actively aware of what we're doing that's going to keep leading the bad things, you know? And it's just like, it's a very interesting way he positions this story to be like, yeah, at the end of the day, this story happens. This is how it ends. And now you can sort of like take these themes and these messages and sort of think about like your own relationship with nature and with other people and the cost of the things you have. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, yeah, it's a really interesting way to make a an animated film um, while still having the ability to do things that you wouldn't do. This is like in a normal live action movie, like when uh, the girls raised by Wolf baby bird some jerky into into the little boy's mouth, the cursed yeah. boy's mouth. Oh, that I, was gross. I thought you no, were mentioning great. like shooting an arrow and having a guy's arm pop clean off where it got hit. It does have sort yeah, it has that kind of like funny gore in some parts of it, which is interesting too, to be like, this is a movie about humanity, but also like, man, if you shoot a person wrong, look at how they pop. I mean it's it's just like, look, guys, don't laugh. But in the olden days, we used to have body parts that were very poorly attached. All right. It's just how it was, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> What the other thing that Miyazaki or the, the Ghibli does besides character design is there is always a scene in every Ghibli movie where the food looks amazing for hand drawn food. Yeah. They make yeah. food look so good when he buys rice for like a million dollars in gold, and then his friend who tries to kill God later, who's like, um, the world is cursed, life is suffering. Let me make you some porridge. Makes the most delicious look. Like if 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 my Zelda character could make kanji. I would definitely be doing it because it reminds mm-hmm. he's over the open you can flame. Definitely make risotto, by the way. What? So, yeah, there's there's grains yeah. in there. You can I have definitely... not gotten to rice yet. Okay, I find well, I'm eating it's... very little grain. I I don't know where Zelda's getting <laughs> oh, his keto. energy. Keto's yeah, I'm very link. Keto vegan? Is that possible? Well, I'm freegan. I'll eat the steak. I, I I won't kill game in that game. But if somebody's if like a monster is searing steak, I'll take it. I'm not gonna okay, let it go yeah. bad. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to waste it, but I, so I'm, but so I'm keto. I'm, I'm Frito, Freegan keto, Frigo, Frito. They call me a Frito. <laughs> anyway, he makes, they make the most delicious looking kanji, man. They make faces movie. look terrible though. I think generally, right. Where it's like, uh, there's several scenes. I think in every Miyazaki movie where she's like, this dude looks rough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like sweaty <laughs> or just, you know, bloody. there's a lot of ones where it's Old like, oh, times man. were, yeah, we're rough, man. It was gross mm-hmm. back then. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like the other thing about Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli's films is like those like little attention to details that you don't get, especially when you think of like hand drawn cell animation and how much of a pain in the ass everything is to yeah. do in that medium. And you watch his movies and there's like the scene when they're like eating rice. He's like there's like r- like little grains of rice stuck to the end of chopsticks yeah. as mm-hmm. he's talking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's like an incredible little moment. Um, like I always think of this moment in Spirited Away. It's talked about a lot. But like when she's pitting on her shoes and she like stops to kind of kick them against the floor to make yeah. sure they're on properly. It's just this incredibly yeah. nice and like detailed little piece of animation that gives so much character stuff. And this yeah. movie's filled with those. Like when he goes to get the guy water. And he like takes his little bowl out and he rinses it first in the water yeah. and then brings the guy water. It's just like yep. that's yeah. just extra work that someone spent hours on yeah. to get the, these animations just perfectly. And the movies are so filled I, with these amazing yeah. little pieces of animation. So this is one of the things I love about animation is that there's a possibility to like because it's literally every frame of painting right so you have yeah. the ability to think about every aspect of your painting in a way that you can't really in live action mm-hmm. and then also there's just something about it you know there's like it's not just like how did they do this but it's like why did they do it this way that i love like i love stop motion for that reason too i just love the idea like somebody there is a person whose job it is to make tiny doll dresses for like three years Right. And they have to make a dress that's articulatable because it won't actually, it has to like have wires so it stays up. Like mm-hmm. the amount of work that goes into those things is something that I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it feels mean, but it's like I'm enjoying the human hours are like yum, yum, yum. I'm yeah. really enjoying how hard it was for somebody. Well, and I right, feel bad right. about how much that. work you had to put into such a minor detail. But yeah. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, those minor details can make, I feel like the animation feel more believable than like uh an actual actor yeah, uh, yeah. like a lot of the time especially with those little details in there absolutely so every no, one of miyazaki's movies and you completely understand why when he finished it he was like i'm done i'm never yeah. doing this again <laughs> <I'm> retiring, <laughs> <I'm> retiring. <laughs> yeah. I, this is bullshit this is a lot of work <laughs> i can only chain smoke so many cigarettes in my one white apron i wear every day at work <laughs> I can't do this. So there is you- this one moment in the movie that I thought, so like when the uh, one of the soldiers was attacked by the giant wolf gods and then gets saved by um, Link or whatever his name is, and then he's like, um, they bring him back, and then his wife is like, "Ugh, you're so injured," and it <laughs> it felt a little bit like Miyazaki being like spending his whole life staring at these animations, and one of the points that he wants you to know is women be nagging, you know. His, you know, his wife is very frustrated with how many hours he spends drawing people kicking their shoes, and he just wants you to know he's had some fights because of this. Yeah, I want I mean, you to I, do like a, a a video essay on this moment. Yeah, I don't I feel know like, if that yeah. was the takeaway exactly from the movie, but no, I well, want I'm it. sort I, of I, making fun of it. I'm like, it was like a weird <laughs> bit of sexism to be floating alone in this movie. But I that now when you talk about that, you touch it a detail. Now I'm like, I bet there are a lot of people in his life who are like, hey, do you want to come home maybe and have dinner with your family? He's like, no, I, I remember when your friends used to call. You read stories like I saw this number thrown around a lot about how there's like 140,000 frames were drawn for this movie or something like that. And Miyazaki personally worked on or corrected or touched up over 80,000 of them. 
right? Jesus. So like a huge majority of frames in this movie. Not only was like all the characters conceived by him, the story he was directed it, did all the storyboards mm-hmm. himself, but actually going back and touching up like a huge majority of every frame in this movie has his fingerprints on it. It's just like the amount of work and attention to details he puts into all of his movies is is like staggering, you know? Yeah. All right. I can't wait to find where we're going to place this on our se- our season five best Oof. movies of all time. Oh, dear. Of this year. So where are you guys going to rank Princess Mononoke from one to thirty six? Give us the top ten. Of course. Um, the current top 10 best movies of all time. The Third Man, Edge of Tomorrow, Lion King, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Iron Giant, Cuckoo's Nest, Hero, Good, Bad, Ugly, Happy Together, and Batman. Okay. Okay, I don't um, mind. S- some interesting things yeah. happening here already. Yeah, what is, what's yours, Ez? Where are you going to put it? So I actually want to tie it, so I put it at five as good as Iron Giant. Exactly I don't really know how five. To put, I don't know how to put it above or below that, really. I mean, obviously, this is like partially my influence because I think I picked both of yeah. these, but the fact that we have Lion King and Iron Giant in the top ten is pretty cool. We got a lot of animation for this season. Um, all right, so exactly five. Uh, Hunter, where do you think? Um, uh, I would put it at number two and I would say almost all of Miyazaki's filmography would be at number two and <laughs> some of it being even at number one. So we, are obviously. you putting it, so you're putting it between one and two or at two exactly? I'm at, I'm putting it above edge of tomorrow as the new number two. All right. 1.5 there. Anthony, where are you going to put it? I'm right with Hunter. I, I think yeah. that this is 1.5 easily with a bullet. Yeah, I mean, I. It's easy to, because they're animation. It's easier for me to compare it to like Lion King than to Third Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, are, I mean, I love Lion King, and Lion King does straightforward Disney storytelling with villains, which I do also find very satisfying. But this feels like, yeah, a better version of those things in a lot of ways. More incredible and, to look at, you know, m- more I... depth. This is also a movie like you watch this and like, you know, I talked about this a lot with some of like some of the older movies we have. This isn't even that old, but like this is a movie that you can still feel the like impact of. I mean, in Breath, Breath of the Wild, right, is massively influenced by this movie from down to its aesthetics, um, kanji. creature designs. Yeah, stuff like that. This that I mean, the fact that this came out Do I get you know, to fight a giant wolf because I won't. I won't hurt a wolf. No, he's dead species. You can get attacked but by little wolves for now. Yeah. Oh, okay, but I did see a know, fox, like, and I like just want to play with the fox, but I don't, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> you can become friends with the fox, but you can. You can like, I just jog next to it. That's the best I can do. You, or I watch like, him through my little binoculars like a bird watcher. But in <laughs> this is why it takes forever. I mean, you watch this movie. I mean, four years before Lord of the Rings came out, right? And mm-hmm. this movie's influence on Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings is massive as well. Those huge widescape, like landscape shots of a character moving through a field. Like this movie didn't invent that, but in terms of like storytelling in a fantastical, like epic, so much of this movie has been stolen and being used in live action, used in other animation, used in video games. It's one of those movies that like the, it's like impossible to talk about the impact this movie has had on culture and stuff like that. I just yeah, think so it, the, I think I, and this is a long bit of talking to come to the same answer that you guys had, but I feel like it's easy to compare it to Lion King. It's even easy to compare it to edge of tomorrow, but I do not know how to compare this to the third man. 
and there's just something about animation next to um like meat suit movies like there's something about it that is just makes it very difficult for me to just like distill the quality difference so i can't put it above third man right now but i i think it's above edge of tomorrow so i'm going to do the same thing as you guys oh wow um, after much talking and go with 1.5 um this is a low score um but the answer is 2.375 is the average making this the new third best movie of all time just edging out lion king yeah Um, yeah putting three animated films in our top 10 and cool. two in the top five, which is really interesting. All right. So next up, we have some business to do. Ezra, what is the score currently? Okay. So in second, Alex and Hunter, 15 points. In first, Ezra and Anthony, 16 points. End of scoring report. <laughs> so I got five big points here. Yeah. Five big points. What are you going to do with them? I'm going to keep them. Nice. I'm going to take them. I... I'm going to take them. I think that this we're at the end of this game. I'm not going to win the game, but I think what I'm going to do is accelerate the point scoring by taking all of these. So we're going to have a photo finish. Um, I don't think I'll be able to score again this year. Um, so that's my final answer. Uh, give me five big points, Ezra. Okay. Um, I don't know. It just broke. Alex, you went down to zero. I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> no. I didn't know. No, 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 weird. No. You got blackjack. Oh, I play a power you, you card. You win. The de- dealer bust, you got blackjack. Uh, so congratulations. Um, you only have 20? Uh, oh. I had 15 before? Uh, the dealer, I can't count anymore. All right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> okay, so no, for reals. Uh, Hunter, uh, last place, 15 points. Uh, Ezra and Anthony tied at 16. And then Alex, lone lone holder of the of the title, currently 20 points. Okay, so um, I just noticed that that means the next order of business is that it's for me to pick another movie. Yes, and I just noticed I have this like list of future picks to go through, and I just opened it and noticed that I had failed to fill it out. So there's nothing in there; it was empty. Oh um, dear, I blew it. Um, oh lord. So what do I do from here? What do I actually do? Um, something that I actually want to see. I'm just doing a quick once yeah. through my cue here I you choke on this i don't know how it's going to happen but i hope it's <laughs> i mean i'm not really planning on like i don't like i said i don't think i'm going to get there um i mean there's movies that we've talked about recently that i've queued up because we we're just like they came up you know like i, I do kind of want to see rumble in the bronx just to get uh, a bit more jackie cool. chan yeah. um yeah. it feels a little sa- similar with stuff we've done already um well, you know what? This I, this is stupid. I'm I'm bad at this, um, so I'm just gonna pick this kind of uh, randomly. But a thing I've been meaning to watch recently, um, because it came up, and I'm making friends with the uh, one of the executive producers on TikTok. Um, so uh, I'm gonna put The Illusionist as my next movie. Oh wow! From 2006, um, just to get the segment not longer. I wish I could pick something else, but this is happening. Uh, Edward Norton, Paul Giamatti, Jessica Biel. Um, among others i never saw this because it was uh, like that movie that was just like the prestige but it wasn't the prestige but right as good oh, no, this is, is the prestige uh, but rather than doing all real magic like they did on the prestige they do all cg magic 
Yeah, I was confronted. Pretty lame. Like a bad idea to to review a thing that you might not like with someone you're trying to make friends with. But uh, but I, I I like this move. It's a bold so, move. <laughs> so here's my here's my choices, and you guys can tell me what I should do here. I can either yeah. pick this movie and the show moves on, or I can grind this to a halt for an hour where I start. I really put some thought you into know, it. You know, I'll let you. Right. I'll, I got, I'll let I you got nothing going on. Like, yeah. All right. Can I can I tell you later? Yeah. yeah, just tell us later. As long as it's that not affected, as long as you don't change it based on what I pick next, I think that's fine. Right. Okay. Yeah, I won't. Okay. I'm not trying very hard. Um, yeah, all the movies I want to watch just feel like weird choices. Um, okay. All right. Placeholder. TBD. TBD Placeholder. But possibly the illusionist, unless Ezra talks me out of it for saving my, to save my career. Um, <laughs> all right. So that out of the way. Ezra is our next pick. Ezra, what are we okay. watching? First, this week. I need I need a point of clarification. So I have a card that says uh, I can move uh, by studio, uh, travel by studio, and it says parentheses, parentheses production studio on day of release. Um, I want to know if Disney's work on the dub version that we saw would make this a dozen, a Disney production also. Uh, I don't think this was released by Disney. I think this was released by Miramax in the states. Which, which is a company owned is, by Disney. Which, it's true, which is owned by Disney. I don't know like how like how stacked. Well, we that I would say yeah. would be no if it's Miramax, but I thought it was released by Disney. I could be wrong. It was no, definitely under this the was before. Miramax. Oh, it this was? was before the Disney Here. deal when Disney brought over a bunch of this movies. Yeah, Miramax yeah. was originally. So, interesting. You guys, can I can I tell you guys? A yeah, quick tell, story tell, while tell the story. Out? I was going to tell. Do you tell know it. the story, story about? Thank you, as Anthony's story time. Well, the famous story with this movie was uh, noted piece of shit and film ruiner Harvey Weinstein, head of Miramax, was famous for buying foreign films, cutting the fuck out of them, and then releasing them to dumb down versions to American audiences. And that's what he wanted to do with this one. He wanted to edit a bunch of it, uh, change it around, and re-release it with a simpler, cleaner story in his mind. And uh, Miyazaki said no and left the room. And then a few weeks later, Miyazaki's producer sent Harvey Weinstein a katana that just said no cuts on it. <laughs> <laughs> and Harvey Weinstein took that as kind of a, a message and was like, okay, no cuts. Uh, so that's how they got the movie to be released. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely a threat. But definitely hey, that's threat. fair and, and good. Maybe they were kind of looking into the future also, a little bit. Harvey Weinstein seems a little bit like a guy who might have a katana. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, did, yeah, he got at least one. Yeah. yeah, he was given one. All right, that's a good okay. story. Um, well, I'm hearing they say I'm even though say Disney, Miramax feels like no, then well, right? Disney, even though Disney was owning Miramax during 1993 90, to 2010, you say it yeah. still doesn't count. To I'd to, say to no, that would still be a Miramax movie. Okay. Yeah, and, right. and, also and, a and no I think on that. The, yeah. the rule is like Miramax isn't wasn't the distribution company day one for this. Like they, well, it was on day of release, but on the day of, they, uh, like on the day of the release of the version we saw. But either way, uh, I'm cool with it. We'll, it's we'll... tough. I mean, I yeah, like I want to help. I, I genuinely do. I just feel like in order for the card to make any sense, it, yeah, it, it, it can't be to... something owned by Disney because they own everything. And also, like they they do have other studios release stuff yeah. on purpose. Okay. Then I know what we're doing, guys. All right. So we are traveling. Uh, well, okay. So it's going to be an, an animated movie next. I actually don't really terribly care which one we do because um, there's three there's three equal paths. Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll do dealer's choice, uh, like as in if, if people want to weigh in, we can either do uh, the Rugrats movie, 
<laughs> Anastasia, uh, the oh. animated one, yeah. or uh, the one that I'm leaning towards, which is Osmosis Jones. But mm. they all, they all, they all, uh, they all go, all end up uh, with uh, with where I want to go. So they lead all paths lead to Rome. Okay. Yes. Um, if it were up to me, I think my vote would be Anastasia. Um. um but yeah, I'm, I'm okay I like with Anastasia. That. Yeah, I um. I have no interest in watching uh, the Rugrats movie or Osmosis Jones again. <laughs> I've seen that. I have not seen Anastasia in a long time. And Anastasia was done by uh, Don Bluth, right? Yep. Yes. I mean, that's no? kind of an interesting, another interesting, like... Um, we talked a little bit about Bluth when we watched um, The Mice. Which, right? Which, which yeah, place? yeah. When, uh, what, what, what is that movie called? Secret of Nim? Yeah, we watched Nim. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I mean, he's a very fascinating. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd be happy to dig more into the well. Bluth world. Yeah. Um, so well, this great. is the nineteen ninety seven. Oh, we're tra- staying in the same year, traveling yeah. late nineties, yeah. and this is uh, it, we're staying with with royalty. Really? Uh, can I? So. Can I get uh, as I kind of get a question? What exactly is that? What's the end game here? Because we oh, is it Hunter's picking next? No, no. Well, next, next week no, we next redraw. Week. Yeah. So okay, as is at least rolling the dice a little bit. What's the gambit here from Anastasia so to Anastasia um, connects to mine um, via Bernadette Peters. So if what's uh, your movie? I forgot. Uh, Cinderella, the 1997 uh, uh, TV, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> TV one. Again, not his yeah. fault. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, it's well, full I story. Mean, you did. You put it that was in play. His, but... Absolutely his fault. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so we'd be moving. Uh, okay, and the person we're moving via is um, we actually get two. We're moving via uh, voice actresses Debbie Derry Berry, which is a great name, and also Sherry Lynn. Oh, oh, and actually Pat Fraley. Three, three actors. It's a triple move. Okay, um, wow, you got backups on backups. Um, <laughs> all right, we're gonna. I'm gonna put down Sherry Lynn right now, just because I got to pick something, and that seemed easiest to spell um cool all right so next week we're watching the 1997 animated film anastasia anesthesia anastasia there we anastasia, go yeah um anesthesia is definitely combining those two on, on accident um wait there wait. was a great uh animaniacs wait, wait, joke Anthony, oh wait, wait, my what's god up? kirsten dunce is in anastasia can i get first pick again oh yeah. oh <laughs> There's no way. I mean, honestly, Anthony, you have gotten it six out of nine times. There's mm. no way. It'll happen. Points I are believe. scored. But I'll say yeah. I'm open to play. So if I get next for either of you, I'm willing to help. Yeah. Or Hunter, if there's a way to help. I'm I'm definitely into helping next. Okay. Oh, we got Angela Lansbury also. This is nice. Um, yeah. Awesome. All right. Anastasia 1997. Uh, that's happening. One pick away from my next movie as well. So Yeah, I love it. Whoever goes next. If and we're you not one pick away points. from my movie, whatever I end up picking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, better not be. Because that would be unfair. But next week, we'll redraw. We'll see what's happening. Um, all right. So that brings us to our final order of business today. Um, we got a quick dip in the mailbag. And I just wanted to read and give a shout out to Caleb, who sent in an email. It's a longtime listener, first time caller. Um, you would be doing yourself a disservice if after you watch Princess Mononoke, you don't watch the episode of Movies with Mikey by Film Joy about the movie. And he oh, said on a YouTube link, which, which I will add to, I will add in the show notes and um, was instrumental. I did watch, I'm not usually the biggest fan of extremely long YouTube videos. It's just not a genre that fits into my life well, 
but I watched it and it was it's in, it's very funny and also very cool. smart and it kept me from embarrassing myself. If you guys watch, if you listening to the show at home right now, if you listen to this podcast and you were like a little bit shocked that I didn't come in here with some hot take about how this was too simplistic and environmentalist and also unclear where it was going. It's only because movies with Mikey saved me from that dumb opinion because I was ready. <laughs> I had it all locked and loaded and then Mikey explained it to me. And so now I didn't look nearly as dumb as everyone would have expected. So That's funny. Um, uh, Caleb asked, how, would love to hear how it changed your view of the movie's message and theme afterwards. And it definitely like it's all stuff that you guys would have said anyway. But now I didn't go oh as much so nice. uh, i was a little bit smarter you gotta um, do that more that's what is that called the uh, research that's what that is <laughs> well, okay so yes and no do i have to do it more or is the show worse if i know what i'm talking about do I have to that, do it, or should theory. i make risotto with link okay, i think that's the real question everyone yeah yeah how many apples can i, am I eat so busy making sauteed fruit i just don't you have to get the back time. to your cyber apples my friend you gotta cyber, <laughs> cyber out apples. with these apples do not have the time. Um, Caleb also asked, um, uh, do you have any updates on the low amount scholarship you were giving out? And we have not talked about this on the podcast in a while. Oh, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Caleb's referring to the Teeny Tiny Grant, which you can learn more about at teenytinygrant.com. And um, we have not brought it up in a while. So I we've made, we've. I mean, I can pull up some numbers for you. We've definitely made like five videos about the results of that, of different people who have gotten it, four videos at least. And they're on that, they're on the YouTube uh, playlist, which you can find on teentinygrant.org. And um, uh, we have given at this point, um, we have donated, sorry, I've just been trying to, I've been trying to stall long enough to get to my spreadsheet and I was too slow at clicking but the answer is we've given away. Cool. I mean, you just got this email right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like you, you went into the it, show so. knowing you had it. I have been very busy walking Sylvester Stallion around. <laughs> That's very good. Almost 50. We've given away just, just about 50 teeny tiny grants, uh, which is where we're giving $11 to people to do nice things for other people. And we've done about 50 of them. So that was uh, that was where our target was. And... Um, we have slowed down. We've not the the videos have not gone viral the way I'd hoped, and so we just did the nice things for those people. <laughs> so and we then realized we don't on. need to be good anymore. <laughs> no, we did the thing. We just didn't blow. We didn't do way more things than we set out to do. We just did yeah. about the amount that we're setting out to do, and like gave them to as many people as we could from that original round of applications. We've had a few more trickle in. We've given a few extras as we've gone along, but um, that was our goal. And so that is um, the Teen Titan Grant. And so they have been so wonderful. They, I mean. It's not viral, but I like it, right? Yeah. As there's, they've been so wonderful. There are so many just, you know, like um, one that I was remembering was a, a guy wanted to give his nephew, uh, use $11 to teach her how to be better at the crane game. And instead, he just gave $11 to the manufacturer of the crane game and she won nothing. Um, but then they got ice cream afterwards and it was like a fun heart. Just, just she got, the video. She got an important uh, lesson. I just think, like on the a crane half game. hour of her like, ah so close uh trying to get this one crane game so but at least now she knows it's not just like oh if only he had a quarter i could win it's like yeah, um, you're gonna cannot you could just buy this stuff um yeah. but that was really wonderful well, it's um, a good lesson that if you're playing with house money who gives a shit spend it as much as you want on a bad wicked game machine <laughs> totally also yeah. like we yeah like uh bradley bought gatorade for the tuba section of the drum corps when it was still hot outside um those the, tubas uh, were parched it's good 
so parched tubas um we get several different um teachers uh, got little things for their classrooms stickers erasers um uh noise toys for 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 kids um yeah just so so many of these have been just the most wonderful thing um a pack oh some uh susan got uh her son works at an hvac company it was during the summer and they were spending a lot of time in crawl space it was super hot so she bought him and his co-workers a pack of squirt guns to have a squirt gun fight one day at the end of their hvac day i mean just like just the sweetest things we gave to a bunch of different um, non-profits we bought a pair of shoes for the bless your soul program from kurt's closet which is a pair of back to school shoes which happened to be about 11 dollars. so we were able to help with that um yeah just just so many like really really lovely things that did not oh and i think i told you this but if i didn't um several actual grant writers wrote grant applications um and it like i really enjoyed it so one of them was like just like to buy a bottle of cheap wine for her boss because they just finished reading through hundreds and hundreds of applications mm. for real grants and <laughs> so she wrote a grant to this silly thing to just buy That's them a awesome. celebration i love that yeah just just so many just so many fun things and i really love how that turned out so that's the teeny tiny grant and we did we received some donations to that as well so if you go to teeny tiny grant you can see all of the great things we did with that money and thanks caleb for writing in and for checking in um that's gonna be it for now that's it for the show hell yeah thank you so much for listening we'll be back again next week if you have any more emails uh questions comments things you want to see you want to check in on what we've been what we've brought up and then haven't talked about in a while um send us along podcast at read-weep.com and we appreciate all of our meat buddies and especially the ones uh, like ryan who just came back in from the cold as we call it uh, we appreciate all of our meat buddies you can go to metreon.com i think i forgot to say it last time metreon.com to join our patreon and become a meat buddy and keep the show limping down the tracks through the winter we had to clear off the snow from these ghost tracks thanks for being here oh and also you can always watch the show on youtube now um except for last week where it was not on youtube because i had something in my teeth and no one told me and i noticed it when i was editing we and it couldn't was too gross we didn't none of us noticed it yeah. well, you have to know that alex so i guess that yeah the, the peak behind the curtains is that we have a little preview video but it's very low quality so that the stream still works for each other Absolutely. and then it's a higher quality that i'm uploading to youtube so once i put it in the big oh oh Alex, can mm-hmm. I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Would you have given e- any of us that same exact treatment? Yeah. If editing, yeah, you noticed that Hunter had something in his teeth. Would oh, you? Not, oh, okay. Yes, I would have not posted it because of, if you guys were embarrassed about something that you of, of your look, I would have not posted it for you. That treatment I would have provided you. Would I have told you you had something in your teeth? Harder to say. That the awkwardness of telling somebody like your fly is down, you stepped in some put all of that is like pushing my, my physical limits. It's hard for me. But I like I it when someone catches down me. For you. I like it when someone catches me doing something like that because it makes me feel like an old man. You know? <laughs> I'm always <laughs> like, oh, oh. <laughs> well, well, I'll I'll got, say, you got some toilet paper on my foot, huh? Oh, oh wow. I'll, I'll usually <laughs> ask guys like a rhetorical where it's like, Alex, are we good enough friends that I could tell you that your fly is down? Oh, and, yeah, you can tell me. It'll ruin my day. No, 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 no. That's, that's why I do if your fly was down, right? That's, I would ask you that oh, question I first. Oh, that I is see, how I, I present it. <laughs> and then I say no, and you're like, cool, nothing oh, to cool. add. Cool. No, no, nothing well, to announce at this done. moment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this, but most of them are on YouTube, youtube.com slash Alex Falcon. We appreciate everybody who watches there. And we'll talk to everyone next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.